podcast on SB Nation Greasy Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. It's lonely at the top, but winter is coming. This your guy Trevor. What's good, everybody? I like the reference. The winter is coming, man. The winter down there is here. Um, but it's your boy, it's really shitty throwing it back out to the big fella cap, really. <laughs> yeah, we're doing mm-hmm. the three on three action out here missing a couple co-hosts. One is joining himself in Mexico. Shout out to Scott Lido, celebrating wife's birthday, and two, of course, getting his DJ thing gone. You know, I thought about something. I know it's a greasy podcast, but I wish we had better NFL teams. You know, the Panthers and Steelers play yesterday. Tuke is a St- uh, Panthers fan. Trevor Scott is a Steelers fan. And we ain't see no trash talking because we don't, all of us look at our teams like. Uh... <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to get on Tuke and let him know he lost to Mr. Trubisky, but I, I, I think it was that was enough. So, <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. You've now said it. We just want you to say it in the moment. <laughs> That's the whole point of us. Like, we got to talk trash immediately. It has been much to really talk about with the Steelers this season, but, hey, it is what it is. Hey, man, a win is a win. It don't matter who you beat. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it'd be tough, man. But at least we got our good NBA team to root for the Memphis Grizzlies, who they were on a seven-game winning streak. They did just recently lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think all of us picked them to go two and one in some form and fashion, either losing to OKC or Milwaukee. Uh, I think most of us picked Milwaukee, and they beat them by 40 points. But, you know, going over the week, they did beat the Milwaukee Bucks by 40. They did beat Atlanta early in the week by 30. <laughs> um, then they <laughs> returned to play OKC. In a little loses by six. A lot of stuff happened in that game. I'm saving that for the second topic about dropping rent ejection. But what are your thoughts about Grizzlies this past week, man. You couldn't ask for a better week for the Grizz, man. Um, Marshawn Lynch in an interview always said, Take care of your chicken, and that's exactly what the Grizz did with this homestand five and oh, uh, in this homestand seven game winning streak. You can't ask for anything, uh, less than that. Um, the Atlanta game, which everybody was highly upset that they didn't get that star study game, everybody wanted as the game was being televised on NBA TV. Uh, but you got some key contributions, especially from Tyus Jones, who looked very aggressive and got his shot going early in that game, which helped propel the Grizzlies uh, to a 20-point win. Uh, you got solid contributions from both Jaron and Dylan going 6-4-11 uh, apiece uh, from the field. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this was also Jaron's game where he matched the career in blocks with eight, yeah. Matched the uh, Grizzlies all-time record with uh, eight blocks in the game. So, shout out to Jaron there. Um, the Milwaukee game, I, I honestly, I watched the game, and I still don't believe that this happened. You have a relatively healthy Bucks team. Giannis is healthy. They got Chris Middleton back. I think the only person that was probably out was Drew Holiday. But Drew Holiday, Jesus, Santa Claus, or whoever could have came in there for the Grizzlies that night and Fortunately, if you was wearing a Bucks jersey, you was you was on the losing end. Um, Grizzlies pretty much played a hell of a game, probably one of their best games of the season. You couldn't ask for anything uh, more there. Shooting fifty four percent from the field for the entire game. So if you're in the upper fifties for the game, you're pretty much in a pretty good position to win the game. Um, and then the Thunder game is just. I feel the Grizzlies just didn't show up. It's, it, it happens throughout the 82-game season. There's going to be one of them games where teams doesn't show up. And when teams get hot for three in today's NBA, 
they get tough to beat. And from the looks of that game from early on, probably up until maybe the fourth quarter when Memphis eventually made a run and made it interesting, Oklahoma City couldn't miss from three. It seemed like everybody in Oklahoma City was hitting, making threes. And we'll get into the whole job situation uh, later on. But uh, overall, for a two-and-one week and then to have a seven-game winning streak to uh, go going into the Oklahoma City game before these stretches of games that we have coming up, and to be sitting on top of the West, you couldn't ask for anything better for the Grizz. Yeah, um, I'll start kind of like in the middle uh, with the Milwaukee game because um, I think the Atlanta game, that was definitely going to be a win by us. Um, I didn't really – we call all call winning, beating Atlanta, um, so I'm going to bypass that game and talk about Milwaukee. Um, I think for us to hold Giannis, I think the under 20 points – um, that game and Bobby Portis man 19, I think, as I was just trying to check the stats. And then after that, you got some guy that I've never even heard of before had 12 points. So, I mean, to your point, like we, we did what we needed to do defensively um, against them. And it was, we really took them out of the element from the first quarter on um, domination uh, within the first half. Um, third quarter, I think they only won the fourth quarter. That's probably because we put in everyone else to, you know, kind of play. Um, and so for me, from my perspective, Giannis being the Greek freak that he is and the MVP candidates as well and being able to hold him. And I think the other thing, too, like prior to this game, there was that talk from Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Stephen Adams that we kind of saw was reported about who's going to guard Giannis. Right. And it's a team effort. Right. And to hold him down for 19 points. There's not one person that's going to stop Giannis. If there was, we would have found him. But it takes a team effort, which I love to see from this team. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so we won that game. And yeah, like you said, Trevor, um, in an 82 game season, you know, you're not going to show up to every eight, 82 games. You would hope so. Um, but man, Lou Dort, though, Lou Dort had like, what, like 24 points? That ain't, that ain't really his stilo like that. Um, and so I just feel like we just kind of lapsed against Oklahoma City. And that happens. Um, and I know we'll talk about the games coming up. But one thing I want to say is, yes, we got the number one seed. And we play really, really great at home. Like you said, Trevor, five-game win, winning streak at home at that five-game homestand. Um, but we got to pick it up on the road. Um, I would like to see us at least increase to 500 on the road, if not better, um, because that's what championship pedigree, excuse me, pedigree is made of, is can you not only take care of business at home, but can we go ahead and steal one when we're away as well? Um, and I like our chances as we get going throughout the season as well. One thing that helped with that is getting, of course, getting healthier and rare as about as healthy as we've been all season. And Justin Bain looks to be on his way back pretty soon. Uh, he's saw a little practice video of him earlier. He tweeted eyes yesterday. Could have been about the soccer game. Could have been about him returning. I just know Danny Green did mention something about potentially Christmas returns. So I'm gonna say on EBA today. <laughs> but I'm just glad. I'm glad they took care of business at home. When we saw that five game home stand, I was like. Go five and no. Like, let's take care of business at home, please. And they're 13 and two at home this year. And I know last year they had like the best road record in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. They was up there like the best road records in the NBA. So right now they're six and eight. But like I said, when you get healthier, you get more, you get all your players back. I expect them to kind of get up there. Shout out to the Jazz for beating the Pelicans twice, just like they beat us twice earlier this season. Anytime you got to play back to back games in Utah, you take two L's. That's what I learned. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, just. That's not a place you need to be at two games in a row. That's about a four-day stretch that you're stuck in the city like that. So 
Shout out to Jazz to take care of business. Shout out to the Suns. Devin Booker dropping 58 points on New Orleans. New Orleans could have very well been tied for us with the first seed after Saturday night, but Devin Booker had other plans. But to move forward, just thinking about throughout the week, the Atlanta game, right, Atlanta missed four of their five starters, and Grizzlies missed pretty much two or three of starters, and just smacked them like your – it just showed your depth, your backups are that much better. Shout out to David Roddy. I know I got to the Grizzlies – Sort of a little bit, you know, all this stuff one month into a rookie year, talking about you need to be gone, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, they all forgot how Zaire looked his first month of his rookie year. That's, they forgot Santa didn't play at all his rookie year, pretty much. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> it is supposed time. Like, such a microwave society we live in. Now, look at that variety. Looking like a really, really good, solid rotation piece. So, and Jacob Ravier has had his ups and downs. He just came back from injury. So, we'll see how he continues to develop. But, man, shout out to those guys. Shout out to Kennedy Chandler with these highlight plays, dunks, and blocks. Looking like John, looking like a young John Moran out there. <laughs> man, it, it's been fun. That game was very fun. The Milwaukee Bucks game, just another smackdown. Shout out to Dylan Brooks for shutting down Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton scored one basket, and he was pissed off he scored that one basket. So, <laughs> and – don't look now, but guess who's number three on the defense player of the year ranking on eBay.com? Finally. <laughs> hey, y'all wanted to get rid of him. I, I rest my case. Yeah. I rest <laughs> mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. And before Dylan goes, like, another, have another 10 for 24 game. But, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it is no, what it is. No, I, I will definitely elaborate on that point when Sharky is. I can definitely elaborate on on this about Dylan Brooks. Now. I don't know All what right. you're going to say. Trading wire stock is high. I already know where you're going. Yeah, we, 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 we know. Come on, yeah. we, we already know. We, <laughs> we already, already know. know there. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, trading wire stock is high. He's only worth $11 million. So you're only going to get $11 million worth of value back. What other player do we really know that can shut someone down the way that Dylan Brooks has shut people that's down right. that's why you for keep 11 million. <laughs> so <laughs> unless him and Desmond Bain, you know, have some conversation in the off season, like, Hey Desmond, I know you're next up, but can I get a little chunk change too? Um, that's what I would love to see. But yeah, I, I, I said what I said and I, I will stand on that ground. Um, but I love the development of Dylan Brooks this season because we've needed him. Um, and not just this season, but other seasons as well. Yes, we've needed him. He's made some costly mistakes. Yes, he has. But name me one player that has not made costly mistakes. So I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Look at Sheedy coming around. Look at that. <laughs> but, yeah, man, shout out to Dylan. And, of course, I think Jaron Jackson didn't qualify for enough games. But he might be on his way. He had eight blocks in the Atlanta game. He was blocking so much in the second quarter. I started to look up who had the most blocks in the game in NBA history because he had six at halftime. But, Shout out to the Grizzlies. Got to Saturday. Now, I missed the game Saturday because I was stuck at a three-hour college basketball game. Shout out to the Memphis Tigers for pulling out the victory. The referees tried their best, making a two-hour college basketball game three hours. But imagine watching it. It felt like a whole eight to 12-hour shift watching this game. I'm like, bro, like this – he dragging this shit now. I just started watching the Grizzlies game at that point. That's how long the game took. Right. So I'm sitting here in this middle of this whole, I mean, the last two minutes of the game took 50 minutes. I'm sitting here knowing out this, and this one I find out John Moran gets ejected. He was talking to a fan, and apparently, I guess he the referee was standing in between him and the fan, and he apparently said something about the referees while talking to the fan. 
So what are y'all thoughts about John Morant getting ejected and just the referees and how they're handling technical fouls this season, these ridiculous texts that we've seen, like the one with Jason Tatum did the little hand clap and got ticked. Like how what y'all what are y'all thoughts on both ends? Man, I don't know what it is. Either the refs are getting sensitive or they're just doing trying too hard to make these games about them. And um that absolutely is a recipe for disaster. I think we all on this podcast and on Let's Be Real, we always say when any game comes down to the line, never leave it to the refs because you could be in for a rude awakening, um, whether it may go in your favor or it may go against you. So, uh, But more specifically on the job of rent ejection, I still to this day cannot see what was the issue that led to his ejection. Yeah, there's been – Pretty sure superstars all the time are critical of refs and things of that nature when, when on calls that go against them and things of that nature, or they're not getting the benefit of the whistle. That happens all the time. But for you to just sit there and just say, oh, I'm going to throw this guy out because he's talking about me, even though he's just talking to a fan, a John Morant fan at that, <laughs> let's just keep it, keep it, keep it real, just a John Morant fan, that, that's just something as a referee, you just have to let that go. Um. We all know Oklahoma City is on the verge, is in the process of a rebuild, and a lot of people paid their hard-earned money to see Ja. And for you to just say, "I'm going to make this about me and just uh, throw Ja out of the game in the second quarter," although Oklahoma City had started to get hot and kind of started to pull away early, uh, you as a ref, you just got to let that go. You you have you have a conversation with Ja about it, let it go, and just play on. Like, but you don't just toss him out of the game because he's just being critical on some stuff that he may not have been getting the benefit of the whistle for. So it, it's crazy, but I, I need these refs to either like stop being sensitive or stop trying to make the game about y'all because it's not. Uh, yeah, very well put. Um, I'm in the field of education and we're so low on teachers that we feel like we're hiring anyone to be a teacher, right? Bus drivers, whoever, supermarket workers, doesn't matter. I feel like we're starting to do the same thing with referees. I don't know what type of training they're going through to get the black and white stripes, to blow the whistle, to your point, making it about them, more or less the game. I think another point about this is these referees that are refing, how many of them actually have played basketball at some level to understand the emotion that is going in and tied to games? Um, me chirping at a fan or what have you, okay, that might be like a warning, right? Hey, a cool down for a moment, you know, blah, 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 whatever it may be. But to immediately go from no warning, no nothing that I saw to ejection out of the game was is completely ridiculous. Like there has to be some protocol to this um, and to follow what warrants an immediate ejection and what would, you know, give us a warning. The other side of this that I don't understand is the accountability of the refs. So, to me and to a lot of people, even this podcast, and I feel like others as well, Memphis Grizzlies Nation, where's the accountability of the ref for making a bad call? Why does the ref not come out and say, hey, you know what? I messed up, man. I shouldn't have ejected him from the game. That's my fault. I'll take the fine, whatever the fine may be for doing wrong. It's like refs are freaking untouchable in every sport. You say one thing about the refs, you're fined. It's to the point in the NFL, like they don't even say anything about the refs, and it's the same thing in the NBA as well. But there's no accountability for those that wear the black and white stripes, which I do not understand. I'm not telling them, I'm not saying hold them to the same fire because I know, you know, as a referee, you probably can't, you know, spend 25000 on the fine. 
but there should be some accountability to say, hey, you know what? I messed up. Hey, here's the fine of going to your charity of choice, John Moran. I apologize. Let's move on. Because that is another piece that's missing. The emotional balance of how what how refs call the game and not understanding the emotions of players and the accountability of the refs for making bad calls and what is next for them. Because there has to be some type of training with this. This is ridiculous. Shark, you talked about getting ready to go play for the Titans. You might as well just go ahead and become a ref for the NBA because, I mean, it seems like they're hiring anybody at this point. And, I mean, you got it. No, I, no. I think that's too, job because we already <laughs> don't go uh... – Try to put it in the application, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm good. I ref the intramurals in the, at the University of Memphis. I'm good on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. It, it is not the greatest. Yeah, I, I'm not, good. <laughs> I tell you this about referee style. Don't players say some things. <laughs> and this is uh intramurals I was talking about. Hey, don't, don't tell them what Draymond Green and Chris Powell gonna be saying on that court now. I'm good. <laughs> now, to go back to this. All right, that's why I can see both sides. Being a being a referee, <laughs> I can see what well, he said about it. I can see them getting their fist storm out. But you gotta know in this scenario, like it's an emotional game. He's a superstar. He already has a tech. You're not gonna throw him out for that, right? Um, it just something has to be done. And all this, like I said, the example I gave earlier with Jason Tatum. You know, I guess you're not supposed to, you know, make any type of motion. Hey, man. I remember Jason Tatum wasn't even talking to the ref. He was just like, oh, snap. Tick. <laughs> like, they, they, they got to chill with this. Um, that Memphis Tigers game, they called a bad foul on DeAndre Williams. He, like, ran. He ran away from the ref. Tick. Like, it, and fouled him out because of the tick. Like, it's it's not just, like I said, not just NBA. It goes to college, football, college basketball, NFL, umpires in baseball, not knowing the strike zones. It, it, it goes both ways. Soccer, falling for all the flops. No, it's <laughs> bad all around. And I guess the problem lies that is regular people like us who are referenced like they're still working their regular jobs. We have a friend, Savage. You know, his dad works for his one of his co-workers is a referee, right? <laughs> as well. It reps like I think NBA or NFL. Like this is so it's just one like she just said, some form of training. They just it's really just like just knowing your place and time. Like it's just not really much more to really get into. Referees, just like like I said, try to make it about them. It's kind of like you. It's hard to find because, like I said, they not getting, They only get paid so much. Um, but it, it's a slippery slope. But just gotta hope for the best. The players just gotta adjust to the officials because the officials obviously are not adjusting to the players. And this has been a problem for a very long time. Hold on, wait a minute, Shark. Now they talking about this this ref thing being about a quarter million. Now, listen here. Y'all pay for my flights and hotel. I'll learn, okay? Whatever the training is, I'll do it. <laughs> it, might, it might be adjust. It might be certain, you know, certain. It might be like a mascot. You know, like the Denver, Denver Nuggets mascot can pay 625, but the Greasy mascot can pay much less. Like, it might be like. No, it may fluctuate based yeah, on like the, 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 the triggers in the games. The, yeah. the low end is 180,000. <laughs> The entry level is two fifty up to five hundred fifty thousand. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that's mm. six figures. I will lace them up and find wherever I can stay in Oklahoma <laughs> City. I'll stay in Utah, sir. Go ahead, right there. go ahead, put your application in. <laughs> exactly. I'll put your application. I'm good with this, Tris. All money and good money. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, but let's get to this upcoming week. Of course, Christmas is next week, and the Grizzlies have a Christmas Day game. But before then, they continue this road stretch. Got three tough games against the up echelon of the West Conference. Start off with the Denver Nuggets, who are currently the three seed quietly. Like you really ain't heard much. I guess it's always like that with the Nuggets. Like they're like the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies used to be the, the team that always win and nobody really talk about. Phoenix Suns, the four seed, played them Friday. I think Thursday or Friday, if I got it correctly. And they finished off against the defending champs, the Gold State Warriors. Although Steph Curry might miss that game. I love Dylan Brooks' comment. Talking about Steph misses how you feel, does it lose in the last third game? He was like, hey, Clay Thompson's still out there. He's been talking noise. Yep. I still want in the very first position. I need to switch for Clay to be guarding Jaron. I need Jaron to do what he needs to do. Take care of business. But what child record for the Grizzlies this week? Man, it's, when I say winter is coming, it is indeed coming with this gauntlet of games that's coming up, man. Um, the Grizz can go 3-0. and They can very well go 0-3 in this stretch. I mean, but I, I'm going to go 2-1 for, for Memphis uh, with the loss being to the Nuggets. I think the Grizz have their, their Christmas game circled. I, I I fully believe that regardless of Steph Curry was playing or not, I do think the Grizzlies are going to come out and showcase what Memphis is all about with their first game on Christmas. And I think um, they may end up on, on the W side of things in that game. Uh, the Phoenix game, I think Phoenix is going to cool down just a little bit. I think they were highly emotional with what went down with uh, this whole series of games with New Orleans, with the, the shoving, the fighting, the Zion dunk at the end of the game that, you know, ruffled the feathers of the Suns. Devin Booker intentionally trying to go for 60 against the Suns just last night. Um, so I think the Suns may cool down just a tad bit and maybe just enough for Memphis to get the W. I know Memphis typically doesn't play well in Phoenix, but if you can get those two, I think uh, everything will be fine. But um the Denver game, I just, I just, I just can't see. I think the Denver has quietly looked like one of the best teams in the West. Nikola Jokic hasn't missed a step. Um, it looks like they're a well-oiled machine at this point. Jamal Murray's back, Junior's back. Um, so I, I really just, if they were to grab their game and then to split the two between Friday and Christmas, that'll be cool. But I, I definitely can see two and one for the Grizz uh, with these Sluter games. <clears throat> yeah, um, as I talked about earlier on this podcast, I want to see us enhance our road um, winning percentage. So I would be I have to be intentional with this with this um, casting, so to speak, of what I say. So I believe it's two and one. I think that it's a bounce back game actually against the Nuggets. Um, I mean, Joker, Joker just went off. Uh, he had what, like 40 and 27 and still had 10 assists or something like that. He's. He's absolutely ridiculous. Um, And like you guys said, one of the best teams in the West. I mean, you can actually say one of the best teams in the league, honestly. Um, They're definitely a top five, top six six team in the league. Um, I think we lose to Phoenix because, to your point, Trevor, I think the Warriors game is so circled that even on this road trip, like we have to bounce back because we just lost to Oklahoma City. So I feel like we're going to put it all in against Oklahoma City. And I don't think we'll give our best – against phoenix because we want to give our best against the warriors steph or no steph um i mean jordan Poole just went off about 40 something the other night as well um 
but I, you know, how I feel about Jordan Poole. Um, but I really feel like we can get two and one um, out of this quick stretch um, and then, again, enhance our road streak. Um, but, you know, if it's a loss against uh, Denver and then we win against Phoenix, great. But I think we all can say two and one for sure. But I want to stick to our loss against Phoenix for sure. I got two and one as well. I got the win against Phoenix. And the loss could be either Nuggets or Warriors. And the reason I say Warriors is because I could see them. They got the game. They're going to act like they ain't got the game circle. The fans are going to act like they ain't got the game circle. Well, let's keep it a book. They got the game circle, too. <laughs> it's Christmas Day, prime time, highlights. Stealth struggles on Christmas anyway. Historic, I mean, to be honest with you, on Christmas Day game, Stealth is not shot well. <laughs> so, <laughs> him missing, I'm not going to say it helps the Warriors, but it's not, you know, he know it struggles anyway. So, I can see them very well getting up and getting ready for uh for the beat the Grizz. The Nuggets one, man. Jokic last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. What is that? Going back to December 6th, since December. <laughs> 32 points, 16 rebounds, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 14 assists. 43 points, 14 rebounds, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists. Man, Jaron Jackson. If you defensive player, your material, my guy. This is a big game. This is it. I don't blame you if he go off on you either, but this is it. We, we need you to show up, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. I'm going to pick a loss to them. <laughs> and we be finished to go to state. I, I'm God. telling you. I'm... God, God. Hey Yoga's, man, Yoga's been on the warpath. I'm telling you, he going, he going for a three P dog. Yeah, and it's not, <laughs> yeah. and he's doing it so quietly, yeah. like no one's really. To your point, Char, you just brought up those numbers. We're not saying anything like that in the news or in the media. We talked about the last game he just had. Yes, but overall, a December streak like that, the winner is here. <laughs> <It's> here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, God, that, that's crazy! But yeah, one hundred. Yeah, this is tough stretch, man. But glass fun, man. It's nice, nice to be the hunted with number one seed. Nice to play against the other top competition. See where we stack up at, and hopefully, hopefully, Desmond Bain is coming back sooner than we all think. And that's really that's when winter is really coming. <laughs> yes, because we got some cold days coming up at the end this week here in this city. But <laughs> to end the show, of course, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Starting Five Number Five MEM. Follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and check out the articles at grizzlybearblues.com. Listen to the other podcasts on network Core Four Podcast, Next Gen Podcast, Grizzly Bear Bets, GPB Live, and of course, like I already said, us at Starting Five. And you know, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at D A O N E underscore P Shark. Yeah, and I'm at the Auto Trevor. Like I said, winter is coming if it ain't already here. Um, and, of course, of is a preposition. You should know your grammar by now. Let me get my blanket and heater ready um, just in case the winter is present. But it's really shitty, man. Hey, Grizz, as always, prove us wrong. Go 3-0. and Yep, yep, of course. And you know you can follow our other members, Skyler underscore Skylito and Tev Secure. And also follow Grizz Vibes as Tev get you the real music. Now what NBA now what NBA Twitter account gave for the intro for the Memphis that whatever they gave. Follow Grizz Vibes to get you the real tunes that they should be coming out to. Until next time, go Grizz. Go Grizz. <laughs>